0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to New Consciousness Review, where we cover the best in conscious media. Our guest today is Joel Fotinos, a vice president and publisher at Tartar Penguin and author of several books, including The Prayer Chest, Multiply Your Blessings, A Little Daily Wisdom, and the Think and Grow Rich Workbook. His books have over 120,000 copies in print and have been published in 14 languages. Known as the spiritual businessman, he is also a licensed minister with the Centers for Spiritual Living. He's been featured in many magazines and newspapers and was given Science of Mind magazine's first spiritual hero of the year award. Joel travels the country giving talks and workshops on spirituality and inspiration and helping businesses and individuals create success, fulfillment and purpose. That is also the focus of his latest book, My Life Contract, a 90-day program for prioritizing goals, staying on track, keeping focused, and getting results. Welcome, Joel.
1: Oh, thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here, Miriam.
0: You know... You use the word life in your book title in two senses, and you use life contract in two senses. Set the stage for us, please.
1: Well, I talk about life uh, in two ways exactly. Uh, With the little l, life, I mean the life that we are living, the uh, everyday experience that we have, the linear time that is life. But then I use life with a capital L for that thing that is larger than us, um, whether people call it God or the Tao or the universe, spirit, the divine, uh, it doesn't matter. For me, I like the word life with a capital L because I love the idea of the uh, being filled with life and, and the fact that there is this um, something larger than me that has a greater life than just the experience that I have with my uh, five senses.
0: You know, it's interesting, you were, uh, uh, you give in the book the suggestion that we kind of sit in silence for 10 minutes a day and ask life with a capital L, um, yeah. what would be in our best interest to do today? And yeah. I was uh, kind of doing that this morning, you know, trying it out, and when I thought of using the normal term I use, whether, you know, God, spirit, whatever, and then thought of using the word life instead, there was a a, a kind of a, a, a realization that when we say life, we're talking about our particular expression of life in this lifetime. And so it was particularly appropriate and meaningful. So... I want to go on record as saying, I like that. <laughs> well,
1: with the term life, too, it somehow seems free of a lot of the perceptions that we have. Um, other words are are loaded with uh, perceptions and limitations. But with life, you know, it's so friendly and it feels like it's uh, the, every possibility is available to us when we just connect with that larger life that uh, all people can connect to. So. I'm glad Absolutely. you had that great experience.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. So, um, as a young man, you found yourself with sixty thousand dollars in debt, and a financial counselor showed you that you could be debt-free in only twenty-five years. So, yes. w- <laughs> what was it in your character that made you take that as a challenge instead of as a sentence?
1: Well, for a long time, I I did take it as a sentence, to be honest, and. It got uh, my personal credit card debt just got heavier and heavier, and um, you know eventually I had 23 active credit cards, and I just kept going. And I don't know why I didn't turn things around earlier. I don't know why it took to almost $60,000 in debt before I turned it around. But then uh, at a certain point, it just became too heavy. Uh, Those people who are listening that might be in debt can probably relate to that because debt is something that is stifling and and, uh, and, and I felt like there was no way out. And so when I did go to that accountant and uh, he – this was back before – you know, uh, iPads or or fancy smartphones or anything like that. Um, So he had one of those old kind of calculators where choo-choo-choo-choo, choo-choo-choo, made those wonderful noises. (laughs) And I remember sitting there across from him as he was, as the paper was coming out of the calculator machine and he was doing all sorts of things. And when he looked at me with the biggest smile on his face, thinking he had just solved my greatest problem, and told me it would take 20 something years to get out of debt. I felt, he thought he was a hero and I thought that I had just gotten a life sentence. And I think it was that moment when I realized that this really was the moment where I had to make a decision. And I call it in the book, you know, uh, not just a, a regular old decision like what restaurant am I gonna go to, but it's what the old spiritual masters would actually call a turning, with a capital T probably, uh, a turning. And that was the moment when I knew that if I continued along the way I was going, that not only would I probably incur more debt, probably go into bankruptcy, probably have horrible credit, probably lose uh, you know, a lot, but that I was going to feel like a failure. I was going to feel even more than I felt. I was gonna feel like I had been defeated and something in me at that moment said this is the moment is that what you want for your life or can this be uh, the start of a new story and um, I really to this day I thank that thank that accountant um, for instilling that horrible uh, moment um, which woke me up to the possibilities and also to the fact and I I've, I've been teaching this really ever since the fact that we can't wait for our conditions in life to change before we start living that greater expression that life capital L life wants to live through us and I think that with me the debt certainly was a way that I put my life on pause on hold and I wasn't really living I was living so small and scared and fearful and so this is that moment when I stopped and said no you know what I'm going to have a different outcome to my story and um, that's that's what that moment instilled in me
0: and what was the first thing you did when you had that into uh, inspiration
1: the first thing I did uh, well I, I would love to say that I started, you know, speaking uh, spiritual aphorisms and dressed like Gandhi, but uh, actually what I did is I, I, when he told me that, I went home, and uh, I had a couple glasses of wine, and I started feeling very sorry for myself, and that's when I came face to face with this problem, and the first thing I did at that moment is I took all 23 active credit cards, and in just kind of this fit, I cut them all up, And I put them in a plastic bag, and I walked a plastic bag uh, out of my apartment. I lived in a a one-room studio apartment in Marin City near Sausalito, California. And um, I walked it out to the great big garbage uh, dump that they had there for the tenants and threw it in. And then I walked back into the apartment, sat down, and thought what have i just done and i went <laughs> back out to the garbage pail or the big garbage dump grabbed that plastic bag i had to hunt for it for a little bit because i had really thrown it in and brought the plastic bag back into the apartment rearranged all the pieces of cut up credit cards and taped them each one to uh, notebook paper in a binder to and i have those uh, uh, the pages with the cut up credit cards to this day as a daily reminder of my new life. And for me, cutting up the credit cards was a moment of, uh, it was hard, but it was a moment of freedom. It was an act. Uh, In the book, I I take people through the process, and I use that story and some other stories um, to take people through a process of doing that turning in their own life. So for me, I had to get very clear about where I was at, the amount of debt that I was at, I had to get very clear about what I wanted, which was to become debt-free, and then I made that decision that I I had to change my life or this was just going to be – this was not going to end well. And then once we do that, the first thing I ask people to do is take action immediately, and that's what cutting up the credit cards was for me. It was taking action immediately. And for other people doing other things, whether it's a health-related issue and they begin changing certain behaviors or, or thoughts, or whether it's us, you know finally standing up for themselves or uh, trying out a new career, being an entrepreneur, whatever it is, once we get clear and we make that decision, that turning, we need to take action immediately, capture the energy in that moment so that it really solidifies and moves us forward. If we don't, we've thought about it a lot, we've said some good words, but we haven't actually moved forward at all. And, um, you know, so my whole life since then has been about helping people move forward in a positive way so that we can create positive momentum.
0: Well, how long did it take you uh, to go from uh, sitting, with two glasses of wine under your belt and a binder full of cut up credit cards to becoming a successful businessman and spiritual teacher. It, what was uh, the path and, and the, the milestones along the path?
1: Uh, in a nutshell, well, uh, so the accountant said it was going to take 20 something years. It actually took three and a half years to go from nearly $60,000 in credit card debt to zero to being uh, financially free in terms of uh, debt. Um, And in that three and a half years what I realized is once I took that first step by cutting up the credit cards, um, I began to act differently. And It took some trial and effort and and I had to learn the skill of consistency which is what I really try to help people do in this book. But once I kind of got my footing and, and started experiencing life in a different way, um, then all sorts of different opportunities became available to me that probably would not have been available to me had I stayed stuck and small with all that debt. So new opportunities started happening and probably within, I would say, a year, maybe less of that decision of cutting up the credit cards, I got a call out of the blue. Um, from actually three different companies, three different calls, all inviting me to um, uh, interview with them and and to move. One was in San Francisco, one was in L.A., and one was in New York to interview and um, uh, take a higher position. And um, it felt like life, once I was open to making these changes and once I was in process with life and I was spending time every day moving toward the goal that i wanted it felt then almost as if life was created this momentum that carried me forward and i did those three interviews in those three different cities and um... i didn't know which one to to move toward um, all three of them sounded wonderful and um... life shows us signs and symbols and omens along the way if we're open to them and, and uh... One day I was driving along in Marin County in, New, in uh, California and I was just asking myself and I was asking life which, which of these three job offers to take and uh, there was a car right in front of me that had license plates that were personalized and the license plate said the word Putnam, which was the name of the company in New York City uh, <laughs> that had asked me and I thought, oh, well, that's funny. Maybe that's a sign. And then I did what most of us do, which is I immediately said, oh, that couldn't be a sign. I'm sure that's just a coincidence. And I looked up, and there was this big sign that they were just putting up near the side of the road. And the sign said, you'll have more fun in New York City. So <laughs> <laughs> I figured that two in a row like that, probably not a coincidence. So um but but the but the idea here is that once i was in process with life and and i was doing this uh you know this kind of consistent process i was open then to seeing what life had in store for me and and i began becoming a larger vessel for life to live through
0: you've sort of codified the lessons that you learned along the way into a formula for success what are the elements you've mentioned two of them um, about uh, acting immediately and, and um, uh, being consistent.
1: Right. Well, right. Uh, well, what I say, uh, you know, as a businessman, what I deal with a lot every single day uh, is contracts. And the contracts we have here at the company I work for are 14 pages long of legal-sized paper and about six point type, so they're very complicated. (laughs) But what I've realized is that uh, whenever we move towards something we want in our life, whether it's financial freedom or health or spiritual depth or more joy or uh, finding a loved one, whatever it is, whenever we move toward it and make that decision, we are in a sense entering into a contract with life itself. And just like the contracts that I deal with as a businessman, Our contract with life there are things that we do and there are things that life does and I write about this in the book that that um, what is up for us to do is first of all to get very clear about where we're at which for me was figuring out how much debt I was in Um, the second thing was to get clear about what I wanted and that was for me to get very clear that uh, at the time I remember thinking what do I want and I, I immediately thought oh I want a million dollars But I was so far in debt that that just felt like a fantasy. And so the biggest number I could think of was zero, which meant getting out of debt and just getting to financial freedom uh, with zero debt whatsoever. So zero became my goal. And then I made that decision, that turning, meaning I was going to, I really was going to put my whole life into it. The philosopher Gurdjieff called that a super effort, meaning we, we put our whole, being into this turning away from who we were to this new creature creature that's being created through us. And then when we do that, once we make that decision, that turning, we take action immediately that day, which for me was cutting up the credit cards. And then we are what I call C&P, be, uh, for us to be consistent and persistent. Consistent means every single day, we, we point ourselves toward that goal that we want every single day. And persistent means especially the days where it's hard or that we don't want to do it. And we're going to have those days. We're human, so we're going to have those days. And and that's where persistence comes in. And then the last part of our contract with life um, is to strive for excellence. And that just means to do the best we can in any given day. It doesn't mean striving for perfection. It means just doing the best we can. And those are our parts of the contract. And that's the process that I lead people through to do those six steps. And and, go ahead.
0: Oh, I was just going to say that that last one reminds me of the four agreements where the last agreement is do your best.
1: Yes. Well, you know, it's funny. I've worked with thousands of people now over the years. And people will say, I'm in a job I hate. But what I want is a career that I love. And I'll say, so tell me about this job that you hate. What are, what are you like in the job? If I were to, they'll say, maybe I'm a, I'm a server at a restaurant, but I really want to be an actor on Broadway. And I'll say, well, if I were to come and be a customer at your restaurant, what kind of server would you be? And if they're honest, a lot of them will say, well, I don't really care about it. So I'm an okay waiter uh, or server, but you know I don't really care about it because while I'm there, I'm thinking about what I really want to do. Well, what we learn on the spiritual path is that that's the exact opposite way of moving toward what we want. The Buddha said, um, how you do anything is how you do everything. So in other words, if we have an attitude of doing the best I can, even in a job I don't like, the message we're sending to ourselves, to others, and to life is, I'm willing to do the best in my life because I believe that I deserve the best in my life. So when people are um, as excellent as they can be each day, they are literally opening themselves up to more opportunities around them. From a common sense point of view, that makes sense, but also from a deep spiritual uh, point of view, it's it enacts a law in the universe that means that we are literally putting out into life what it is that we wish to receive, and um, so striving for excellence is uh, becomes a, a very deep spiritual practice if we if we let it.
0: Now there are two sides to every contract. So what is life's uh, responsibility in all of this?
1: Yes, well that's where we get into trouble, because. <laughs> Uh, oftentimes, the things that are on life's side of the contract are the two things that we would like to have most on our side. And that is, uh, life's contractual responsibilities are the how and the when. And those that we would love to know before we embark on anything, how and when it's going to happen to us. Um, oftentimes, as human beings, what we do is we get stuck in that idea that I would like to, whatever it is, fill in the that certainly uh, there was a, a squeak. Okay. Uh, so, uh, but if you, if you track any successful uh, person's life, you'll see that what they did is they focused on what they could do and let go of the parts that it really is life's responsibility. And it does move us forward that much faster. Um, so that is life's part uh, of the contract and what I like to do in this book, uh, my life contract, is I like to lead people into a process where they choose their goals and once they choose their goals, then they clarify their goals and then they sign a contract for the goal. And then, for the next 90 days, they do their part of the contract every single day. They stay focused on that part of the contract, uh, their part, every single day for 90 days. When people do this, the comments that I hear the most are things like, oh my gosh, I can't believe all of these things started happening to me, or uh, it's coincidences, or uh, "You know, I, things happen faster than I ever thought. And that's because we are being very powerful in staying focused on our part of the contract, our responsibilities.
0: That's probably one of the biggest challenges is um, getting focused. First of all, deciding what it is that we want. And you had a very nice section at the back of the book on leading people through a series of questions that would help them clarify for themselves, you know, the direction in which they want to move. What are the most important elements in that process?
1: I would say the, the most important element in the process of deciding where they want to move or what their goal is, is, uh, first of all, to realize that there are no mistakes and there are no wrong choices, Um, I would say about half the people who come to my classes or workshops are people who will say, um, I would love to do something, I just don't know what it is I want to do. And the other half come and they say, I would love to do something, but there are so many things I want to do, I don't know which one to pick. And when people get stuck in one of those two mindsets, which is, I don't know what to do, or I don't know which thing to pick, what happens is is that they stay stuck by saying those words by believing that to be true people stay on the pause button in their life and nothing moves forward uh so uh, what i ask people to do is to um really suspend that idea that they can't do something different because they don't know what it is and instead just choose if they don't know what they want to do choose something A little better than what they have in the area that they are looking in, or if they have so many possibilities, to then narrow it down and just pick one or two things, knowing that that they can change their mind at any point in the future. That's the thing that trips people up the most, is fear of moving forward uh, for one of those two reasons. The section in the back that you talk about is designed to help people get out of that mindset so that they can finally choose something uh, a little better um, or a lot better and um, start creating that positive momentum. If we start moving toward something, something, anything that's more positive than where we're at now, what we find is we get more ideas and more momentum that carries us Further, so uh, that section in the back is really designed to be like a, a mastermind uh, uh, almost like a, a personality test to help people step out of their limitations and and move into the possibilities that uh, are available to them
0: The other thing I really appreciated about the approach was your um, your suggestion that we break things down into itty-bitty steps so that we can keep on getting positive reinforcement. We don't have to do the whole thing, you know, day one. Right. And, and it's kind of a self-guiding thing where you set your own goals for each day. Um, t- tell me why you chose this particular format of, of goals and accomplishments, you know, actually writing them down on paper.
1: I started uh, writing down goals on paper because I found there was something almost alchemical that would happen when I needed to uh, take the idea out of my head, put it on paper, and I would think to myself, is this really what I want today, or is this really the thing to do today? I, I Very early on, uh, this book is a result of a lot of trial and error. So one of the errors that I did early on is I would... Take one of those courses. One of you would see these self-help gurus on TV with these uh, very expensive programs, and I would buy them. I would charge them on credit cards. <laughs> I would buy the programs, and um, I would start well for a day or two. But I would get so overwhelmed by how much they asked you to do and and how intense it was. And what I found for myself, and I have since found for many other people, is If I can just break it down into little bits every day, I don't feel overwhelmed. I feel like I've accomplished something when I do my uh, today's work today. And I don't feel uh, like I've missed the entire boat if I happen to miss a day. Mm -hmm. So there's something very powerful about little steps. Um, Each little step we take is like a little victory that we've created for our life. And I do ask people to write down the steps they're going to take each day at the beginning of the day, no more than five or ten minutes, very simple. You close your eyes and you say to life, life, what would you have me do today? After you think about the goal that you want, what would you have me do today? Uh, People can come up with their own line or question if they don't like that one. Um, And then just listen for a few minutes and as ideas pop into their head, as um, they just write them down. And then they do them throughout the day. And then at the end of the day, I ask them to take another five or 10 minutes and just review what happened. Did I do it? If I did do it, what did I notice? Uh, Can I connect some dots? And um, when we take that five or 10 minutes at the start of the day focusing on our goals and five or 10 minutes at the end of the day focusing on our goals, it's a very simple but profound way to start and end the day in our highest place. And um, I have to say, Miriam, for me, at the beginning, my goals were all very tangible. They were, I want more money, and once I got out of debt, then I wanted money in the bank, and then I wanted more money, and I kept adding zeros. And then I wanted a you know different career, and I wanted love, and I wanted this, and I wanted that. But eventually, my goals became less tangible, and I started wanting to experience more joy every day or to, uh, be able to, uh, forgive, um, more easily or, uh, be, uh, a more peaceful person. And, um, so the process can work for us, whether it's something very tangible that we want, a new career entrepreneurs yeah. like this book a lot, but it can also work for, um, less tangible, um, and more spiritual results as well.
0: That's lovely. Uh, what do you think is the sort of balance or proportion between what you would call the psychology of, man- of achievement, you know, um, getting people to do their best and um, the interplay with the, the metaphysical principles of the universe answering your heart's desire?
1: I would say that uh, the balance is um, truthfully, I would say it 's one hundred percent of both of them because I feel ultimately they 're the same thing um, they the most common sense actions that we can take that would produce common sense results are the same as the deepest spiritual laws that we do we We make these spiritual ideals or laws sound so difficult or or so. Uh, uh, you know, uh, unachievable, when really the most profound spiritual experiences I've ever had have come through the most simple um, efforts that I take every day. Simple, not necessarily easy. If we take an idea of of wanting to be peace and and try to be that every day, that is a simple and, and profound idea, but it's not necessarily easy. So I feel like if people would read this book, begin to do the process, and when I've seen it happen in uh, the students that I've had, what they do is they surprise themselves by doing something that deceptively looks so simple and common sense and having such profound experiences uh, with life. And um, that way, our human mind sometimes wants to make things more complicated and and uh, more difficult when... Really, the whole point of our spiritual awareness, I think, is to be in the present moment and to be actively engaged in our life. And this is a very simple way to do uh, just that.
0: You also recommend uh, teaming up with an accountability partner or a mastermind group. Why is that? Uh,
1: I do recommend that. And I think uh, for a couple reasons. One, when we do our journeys with other people, it's more fun. Um, we, uh, studies show that whenever we do any activity with another person, we're more apt to stay with it. But also when we have an accountability partner or a mastermind group, and there are instructions in the book for how to do that. Um, we tend to not be able to fool ourselves as much and let ourselves off the hook. Um, so for instance, if your goal for 90 days was to Uh, work out at a gym every day, and you had an accountability partner, you probably are going to be more consistent in showing up at the gym. And once you show up, you're probably going to have more fun because the other person's there. Mm. And the same is true no matter what it is our goal. When we encourage each other, when we walk with others, uh, we end up having a, a more profound experience and also a more fun experience, and we're more consistent
0: we are in fact social creatures yes so yeah. you moved from being a businessman to incorporating the uh i, I guess uh the uh, spiritual ministry in your uh daily life what uh what made you what influenced you to become a minister
1: uh um well, I, I, when I was a, a kid and people would say, what do you want to be when you grow up? I would say, I want to be a minister and I want to work with books. So I ended up doing both of those things. And for many years, I thought they were two separate activities uh, um, that I could either be a minister or be somebody in publishing or an author. And it wasn't until uh, later on in life that what I realized is they were two aspects of the same coin for me that writing books and publishing books really was a ministry for me, and the books that I wrote and the books that I published ended up uh, opening doors into um, the the spiritual world. Having been both a minister and a businessman, I think, gives me uh, the ability to bring spiritual principles into the business world, and I do a lot of uh, speaking to different business groups, but also uh, having the business... Uh, experience and and the business success allows me to go to spiritual groups and and bring those skills as well it 's like a yin and yang it 's bringing balance uh, to both areas and i I had to learn how to do that in myself and now it 's such a treat for me when I go to uh, a business and and work with them and and uh, and do con- consultation with them and bring the these other principles and I might change the language a little bit but it 's it's so great uh, to, to be able to do that. And it's also great to be able to go into spiritual communities and, and bring those wonderful lessons that I've learned uh, from all these years as being a, a businessman and um, and bringing maybe some of the, the left brain into the right brain world and vice versa.
0: Well, I certainly resonate with that because I came from the business world as well. And I think this is a time where... Uh, the two worlds are coming closer together. Is that your sense as well?
1: I, it is my sense. I'm so glad mm-hmm. you said that. I hadn't thought of it in quite that beautiful way of, of putting it, the two worlds coming together, but that's exactly what I think is happening. What 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 uh, part of the business world did you come out of?
0: Well, I was chief financial officer of a multinational software company.
1: There you go. There you go. And, and bringing that... Uh, you know the the skills that you had there to the skills that you are using now um, probably was very fulfilling and um, and it's certainly very powerful for all of your listeners to to see the results and the effects of it.
0: I think when we look back on our individual lives, uh, you can sort of piece together the the logic in how you got from your beginnings to where you are today. It's like everything has conspired to feed into your present life and your present offerings. And I think one of the both challenges and, and exciting opportunities is doing this projection that you call for in your book of creating goals for the future to to give you a direction for your daily activities to I, I know reflecting on my own, um, psychology, if you will, I am very guilty of using absolutely every excuse you mention in the book <laughs> for avoiding taking action. You know, there are certain parts of what I do that I don't particularly, uh, you know, uh, enjoy, um, but they have to be done. So, um, yeah I love it
1: yeah it's 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 almost as if life has a theme within us, and when we're when we're awake and aware in our life, we can see that theme we can connect the dots of what's happened to us and we can we can really see uh where our life has been headed right from the start. We've been gently guided um, but what life seems to be waiting for us to do is to make it actually something that we want to move toward to wake up and and feel so delighted by the thing that it is we get to do each day that we can't wait to get out of bed most mornings and and we can't wait to to move forward and yet oftentimes we find ourselves doing just the opposite we pick things we pick activities we pick behaviors or or uh, beliefs that keep us so small And through the process of my own experiences, not just with the debt, but using this process in every area of my life, what I've come to realize is that life truly, truly wants more for us than we often want for ourselves. And when we begin to open up to this life force that wants that more for us, we begin this adventure, this journey, this spiritual awakening. We become the hero in our own Story, and it begins simply by taking that first small step. And it sounds like uh, be true, too easy to, and yet, jewel tale, any uh, heroic uh, tale. That's exactly the truth. It began with one simple step, and I ask people to take that one simple step so they can begin their journey and get off the sidelines of their life and and into. The, the adventure itself. It gets so exciting when we do that.
0: You mentioned in your book that energy follows action. Um, yes. I, I think that's very appropriate in this context.
1: Right. Uh, you know, I mean, I, I am a typical person where I thought, but once I have my debt paid, then life will begin. Once I was a, I had lost a certain amount of weight, then life would begin. Once I found a spouse, then life would begin. And um, so I waited and waited, waiting for energy, waiting for uh, that moment when I would say, oh, today's the day. And what I recognized, and I I wished I had recognized it earlier, is that I had the formula backwards. Once you take action, you literally are creating energy in your life toward those things that you want. So for those people who are waiting for something to change or waiting for some kind of cosmic permission to move them forward, if they would just take action toward the thing they want, what they'll recognize is the permission was there all along.
0: And, of course, you want the, them the, to take uh, action. Has been
1: waiting all along, just waiting for us to take action.
0: And going back to your six points, it's taking action consistently and persistently.
1: That's right, because, and this is common sense, but it's also a deep spiritual truth, when we are consistent and take action consistently, we get consistent results. When we do it kind of um, go that as well, and we sometimes will wonder, well, uh, why isn't my life more coherent, or why isn't life seem to be moving for me, And most of the time, or much of the time, it's because we're not moving consistently. If we move consistently, then we begin to mirror those results as well.
0: (laughs) You remind me of one of my greatest spiritual teachers um, who was a horse. I was riding on this horse um, as a young teenager, and I wanted it to go fast. But as soon as it started going fast, I got scared, so I pulled it back. I reined it in, and so it went back to a walk. And I wanted to go faster than a walk, so I would, you know, gee it up again, but then it would take off at a gallop. And finally it got so fed up with me that it looked for a low-hanging uh, branch to try and get me off its back and it's kind of like that with the universe. You know, um, we are afraid to play as big as we really can. And if we just trust that we'll be able to stay on the back of the horse and, you know, go full speed for it, the universe will take us to where we need to go or life will take us where we need to go.
1: It's true. And, and that's where the when part comes in is we want to gallop when life says Hey, just enjoy this ride. And when we let go of the control and let life just determine that, we end up having such a, a lovely experience, a, a more beautiful experience. than if we try to push it and force it and make it go faster. Um, so I, I like your story of the horse, and I'm glad I remind you of him.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was called the mule. <laughs> <laughs> um, what one piece of advice would you offer to someone who doesn't really know where to start
2: besides say, get your book,
0: <laughs> in addition to getting your book?
1: Uh, what, I would, what I would suggest to people uh, to do uh, right away, and it's something very sim- simple, is to just look at the areas of their life that they are satisfied with and the areas that they're not satisfied with. And, and those areas that they're not satisfied with, just write down um, on a sheet of paper what you would like in those areas. So if you're not satisfied with your job, just write down very simply what a better job would be. You don't have to write down the perfect job unless you know it, but just write down a better job. And then just take a few breaths, close your eyes, and say, what one action can I do right now toward that thing and whatever that is do it that simple simple thing of just saying this is what i want and here's one action today that i can use to move toward it and then do it will literally begin a process of changing your life i had somebody at a workshop say to me this very thing what can i do today and i said what do you want to do in life and he said i wanted i want to write a novel." And I said, then what I'd like you to do is, while we're on a break, I'd like you to write a page of your novel. Right here, right now, write a page of your novel. And he looked at me like I was kidding, and I said, just do it right now. And he said, well, I don't have my laptop. And I said, use longhand and just write out a page of your novel, page one. And he did on the break, and when we came back from the break, he said, oh, my gosh, I'm now writing my book Whereas just minutes before, he wanted to write his book. So I would say take one simple action right now and it will change everything.
0: You can look at this actually on a more macro level as well because we all stand around uh, shaking our heads at the state of the world, at the violence, at the, um, at the chaos, and what one action can we take that will add light to the world as opposed to just shaking our heads and giving energy to the negativity.
1: Absolutely. That's s- such a, a, a big point that you just said. We're, many of us are very passive in, in seeing what happens in the world, and yet there are things that we can do. As simple as writing a check to a, a positive organization, signing a petition, writing a, a congressperson, uh, in participating in, in volunteer uh, at an at uh, organization or a church or, or uh, someplace like that in your area, there are so many things that we can begin to do just ourselves that will then in turn create positive action out in the world.
0: Hear, here. So, Joel, how do people find out more about your work and, uh, and, and perhaps uh, hire you to speak to their organization?
1: Oh, well, uh, I would love that. People can uh, discover me at my website, which is joelfotinos.com, which is J-O-E-L-F as in Frank, O-T-I-N as in Nancy, O-S as in Sally. And uh, if you go to joelfotinos.com, you'll see my books, uh, my contact page, um, and a variety of other things, and um, hopefully some encouragements to help people feel inspired to take that one action in their life. I, I really, I have such a, a passion for uh, wanting people to take positive action to create positive momentum and move forward. Um, so uh, I hope people visit the website and, and get inspired and get motivated and and take that action and, and begin doing it every day.
0: That is just so needed in the world today. So Joel Fotinas, author of My Life Contract, 90-day program for prioritizing goals, staying on track, keeping focused, and getting results. Joel, thank you so much for being with us today.
1: Miriam, thank you.
0: Well, I'm sad to tell you that this is my last show on Contact Talk Radio. It was a privilege to share this space with such wonderful people like Cameron and all the other hosts. And I'm especially grateful to Barb, my very lovely producer. I will miss you. The good news is that my show will be moving to a new network in January with a new name, new format, and time slot. It will be called The Miriam Night Show on the Healthy Life Network at healthylife.net. The new shows air on Tuesdays at 2 p.m. Pacific, And don't worry if you miss one because you'll always be able to find the podcasts on the New Consciousness Review website at ncreview.com. We already have a fantastic lineup of guests for you, including Meg Blackburn, Neil Donald Walsh, and Greg Braden. So remember to look for the Miriam Knight Show on healthylife.net and check out some of my amazing fellow hosts. And now we're going to close with a song from Cara Johnstad, that diva among voice coaches, who is also on the cover of the inaugural issue of New Consciousness Review, The Magazine, which you can find on our website, ncreview.com, as well as on lots of other platforms. And now, Heal Me, Hold Me by Cara Johnstad.
2: Only a holy man from desert sands could intuitively understand the deserted barren lands that held a well deep within. From a hollow to a cavern, beyond her dry rough skin lay a small trickle of cool water, protected by the wind. But the diamond sang her song, her skin song, which spiraled towards her throat, led by the smell of amber, the earth, argon oil, and the nudge of a billy goat. And then one late night, as a fire was aglow, his fingers whispered, come, follow me, share with me your inner glow. It is there I know, I sense, for I pull music out of skins, and I know what lies slumbered, deep, deep within. And ever so slowly he moved. And ever so slowly and quietly he breathed like a gentle breeze. And he warmed her. And he held her. And he loved her. And he made her a rose again. A desert rose. to love And your earth brings out my heaven Your fingertips How they soothe my soul Send ripples to my heart In deepest trust I open to you By the ribbons wrapped around my soul till my wounds and make me whole As I place my heart in your hands You'll find secret places and oases In this land of skin on skin As you guide me back home as your fingers tap and gently slack, as you smooth and gently move, you're making this desert green again. Oh, yes, there are jewels in these caverns and a song.
0: That was Heal Me, Hold Me by Kara Johnstad from her album Naked Thoughts. Heal Kara's me. website is karajonstad.com, which is K A R A J O H N S T A D.com. And I'm Miriam Knight signing off. Experience. Goodbye.